last number of weeks, we have been talking about uh, different heart issues. We've talked about guilt, whether you feel guilty all the time or you use guilt or manipulation in your relationships. We talked about anger. We talked about feeling jealous. And so we've been talking about these heart issues because what we've learned from Scripture is that they, they create or they drive us in a direction and have influence, significant influence in our lives. See, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 that out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. So when, so when this guilt or this anger or this jealousy or these other heart issues that we'll look at, when they're lurking or lodged in our hearts, they eventually find a way through to pierce through that filtering system that over the years we've been able to create and build so that we can handle ourselves in certain situations. But something will trigger us or something happens and we've had enough and it pierces through the filtering system out of our hearts and comes out of our mouths and it ends up hurting people. What is that? They're heart issues. We think they're just bad manners. We think they're just really poor use of words, but they're really heart issues. So what do we do? Because see, the King Solomon in Proverbs 4 says, above all else, and I've said this every week, you know, that, that, that he, he, he shares a whole lot of, like he's the wisest man that ever lived. And so the whole book of Proverbs plus other books, like, like he gave us a ton of insight on every facet of life. And he says, above all those things that I'm going to share with you, guard your heart. Well, why? And he says, for it is the wellspring of life. It's where all of life emanates from. And so as we've been looking at these heart issues this morning, I want to look at a very a uh, sensitive but very relevant topic, and it's the topic of greed. It's the heart issue of greed. And if you and I were to sit down over coffee and we were to begin to kind of talk about this thing, you'd probably say, well, you know, yeah, I mean, sure, Bob, I could give more, I could be more generous, but I'm definitely not greedy. Like, I'm not a greedy person. And, and in fact, I would just tell you, in the, over, the thir- over the 30 years of ministry, uh, I, I've never had, and maybe you'd be the first, but I've never had anybody walk up to me and say, Bob, I'm the greedy guy, right? Like, I've just, I'm just telling you, that's me. And, you know, again, we, you, know, you, you might have all kinds of different thoughts or stories as, you, as it pertains to this, but nobody ever, and, and here's what we do. We camouflage greed, and we camouflage it with virtues. Like, I'm just cautious when it comes to finances. I don't want anybody else to feel like they have to take care of me. I'm just really careful. I just want to make sure my stuff doesn't get dented or broken. Again, which are all great virtuous things, but we can camouflage our greed with virtues. Now, let me ask, is it good to save? Absolutely. It's biblical. Is it, is it, is it, is it wise to be cautious in some areas financially. Absolutely. But listen to me. But those virtues can be a result of greed that potentially is lurking in our hearts. See, part of the problem is when, when we think of greed, here's what we do. We, we, we often think of a movie like Wall Street or we often think of a character like Scrooge. 
And, and again, you're thinking, well, man, I, you know, this guy, there's an old man sitting around a table with all this kind of money and, and people desperately needing some funds. He's not sharing. He's Scrooge, right? And, and so again, you're like, I'm not like that guy. Like that, if that's greed, that's not me. So I'm not greedy. And here's what you and I are going to discover today. The scriptures are going to help us understand there are different kinds of greed. And so here's the question. Here's the question. So I would encourage you, don't be resistant. Don't push back. Don't roll your eyes because the church is talking about money. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the question is whether or not greed has lodged itself in your heart. And if so, or if not, how do you know? And if it has, how do we get rid of it and then set a guard outside of our hearts? If you have your Bible, go ahead and uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. I want you to put something in there. Uh, I don't know, offering envelope. I don't know, you put whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, and then turn over uh, to Luke chapter 12. And we're going to look at a definitive statement that Jesus talks about as it pertains to greed. Now, I just, I just want to kind of put you at ease. If you came this month, if you're, if you're a guest, I just want you to know we're incredibly grateful that you're here. If you tuned in online, uh, so grateful because if you tuned in online, it's much easier to push, you know, like off button versus walking out, right? But here's what I want you to know. If, if you were invited by a friend, they're super nervous because they were probably talking about how uh, this heart series has been really good, but they were sure hoping that we wouldn't talk about money. And I want you to put you at ease. I, we're really not talking, because if you're hang up, as a preacher just wants your money, and the church just always wants to talk about your, here's what I'm going to tell you. We will not be passing a basket. We will not be taking an offering. There's not a big ask at the end of the message, so you can just relax. In fact, the way we do it is we just tell you, hey, there's offering baskets. Uh, you know, things in the back and also in the fore you can give online. And we just have an incredibly generous church. And so you don't need to feel like you're being pressured or there's a, a big sale at the very end so you can just relax and be able to uh, watch everybody else squirm. Because here's what I want you to understand. It's not about money. What God wants you to understand, it's truly about your heart. And so as we look at these heart issues, we've said we want to look through the lens of a debt-debtor relationship. And we said guilt, the, it was I owe you. It's a debt-debtor relationship. I owe you when there's guilt involved. When there's anger involved, as we talked a couple weeks ago, it's you owe me. With jealousy, it's God owes me. If you don't understand that, just go back and listen to it. We spent a lot of time talking through all that. Well, with, with greed, it's I owe me. Pay me first. See, that's what we think. We struggle at times with this because we think we're the owner. We think that car, that house, that bank account, we think we're the owners. And what God wants to shift in our thinking and in our hearts is you're not the owner God's the owner of it all. You and I are just stewards. We are just managers of his stuff. But when I think I'm the owner, I really struggle with this kind of stuff. And here's what you're going to discover. Greed is not a financial or money issue. It is a heart issue. And the Bible gives us all kinds of 
principles, but he gives us a very practical principle that's going to help us guard our hearts against the heart issue of greed. So listen to Jesus as he's speaking in Luke chapter 12. Go ahead and drop down to verse 15. And then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against, and what does he say? All kinds of greed. In other words, there's more than one kind. See, I always thought there's just, there's just greed and everything just falls under the bucket. No, no. Jesus is saying there's all kinds of greed. And then he goes on to give us a specific kind of greed. He said a man's life does not consist in the, abundant, in the abundance of his possessions, which probably most of us in here would go, yeah, 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 like I get that. But what Jesus is referring to is a kind of greed in which we live our lives as if the acquisition or the storing up or the adding of possessions is actually what gives us worth and value. This is, this is what Jesus is addressing. It would be, it, imagine, uh, <laughs> imagine uh, people live on a whole other planet and there's life that exists and, and that leader sends some people down to earth and says, hey, I want you, you know, those, they, they don't speak our language and, and uh, you know, and you're just trying, they're just trying to get a, a picture, an idea of what like makes us tick and all that kind of sends them down. And, the, and, and those, those people just kind of watch and observe all of us down here on earth. And then they go back and they give this report and the, and the leader asks like, hey, what, you know, what, what did you learn? And it's like, you know, what, what we took away, again, we couldn't understand what they were saying, but what we took away is like, if they don't shop or purchase stuff, like they might die. Like really, like we watched them. Like, they, they've built roads that lead to massively large parking lots with huge structures, and people walk into them for hours, and they don't come out. But when they do, they got all these bags, and it's full of stuff, and they take it back to a house that already has all kinds of stuff in their closet, and they just add more. And the most sophisticated of them all, like they use these things in their hands or on their laps, and they push buttons, and trucks show up to their houses and drop off more stuff. It's unbelievable. <laughs> See, we laugh because we know this is part of our reality, right? But see, what Jesus is driving home and what he's getting at is that there is a type of greed that can drive our lives. It can drive our lives when the value or the quality of our life is based on or equal to the acquisition or the storing up or the adding to of more stuff. And then someone comes along and says, hey, can you support me? I'm going on a mission trip. Or hey, can you donate you know, 500 bucks? Or hey, and you're, and, and you're just going, oh, you know, I'd love to. I wish I could. I can give you 20 bucks. I don't have 500 bucks. Why? Because you just spent it all on you. Upgrading our lifestyle. 
And we feel good in those moments when we can give a little. But here's, again, what I believe that Jesus is driving home, that this is a, this is a form of greed. When we spend so much time and effort and money on upgrading our lifestyles that when the opportunities come to be able to fund the kingdom of God or to bless somebody in need, we don't have it any longer because we spend all of it on us. And this is what, this is what Jesus is trying to drive home. <laughs> now, aren't you glad you came this morning? Welcome to Sci Life, right? This is hard. And this is precisely why Jesus said, be on guard. Because none, none of us, in, no, none of you want me to talk on this. And just so you know, if you're a guest, I just want you to know, we're not going to shy away. We're a disciple-making church. And so we're all about making disciples of Jesus who will make more disciples of Jesus who will make more disciples of Jesus. And so for us, like we're not going to shy away from talking about this, just like we wouldn't shy away from talking about anger or guilt, or, because they're all heart issues. And so if we're going to obey Jesus, then we've got to obey what he commands us. And I know this is a sensitive subject, but here, I just, I want you to ask yourself this question. Just ask yourself this question. <laughs> when you can't have what you want, does it upset you? Does it really tick you off, frustrate you. If you can't have one of those, if you can't drive that kind of car, if you can't live in that house, whatever it is, if you're, if, are you, do you find yourself not satisfied? Do you find yourself not content? And I'm just telling you, that's a kind of greed. And when that kind of greed gets lodged in our hearts, it will start impacting the people around us because they will start feeling that your accumulation or the protection of your stuff is more important to you than they are. And your children or a spouse or friends will feel, will feel like they are in competition with your stuff. And again, we might not think that this is greed, but God does. And again, it's not a financial issue. It's a heart issue. And as a result, God tells us from other scriptures that when we are more focused on this and our lives being about acquiring and getting more and having more, and upgrading more. He says, you are robbing me. That's what God says. I mean, just think about it. Just, just think about this. I was thinking about this week as I was writing it. Super convicting to me. But if the attitude I have towards spending, the creativeness that we will have in our spending if we had towards giving. Like we, like we can struggle with giving, like we, when people will ask or situations will come up. And, 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 and again, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, my question is, we will figure out a way to purchase something that maybe we really want but that we really don't need and we really can't afford, but we will figure out a way to buy it. 
But when it comes time to support somebody or help or to bless or to be obedient, you know, to whatever that God's asking, why is it do we struggle? Why do we feel put out? Why do we roll our eyes? Why do we feel like this is an inappropriate conversation or topic to be able to have at church? And God's just going to say, I'm just telling you. He says, it's greed that has found a way to lodge in your heart, and you've used every excuse in the book of why you, you know, you're, you're, you know, the church this, and pastors that, or, you know, these other people, or whatever it is. And God's going, at some point, we need to do business with what's lodged in your heart. Think about it. Why, why, do, we, why do we struggle giving 300 bucks to somebody, but yet we've got 10,000 or 30,000 or whatever thousands you might have on a credit card? You say, but if I had it, I'd give it. And I just gently push back and go, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Because you did have it. But you spent it on you. God did entrust it to you. But you spent all of it on upgrading you. Now, that you hate me even worse. <laughs> Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. See, this is, this is our solution to a building program. I'll just keep preaching this kind of stuff, and everybody will leave, and we don't have to worry about another service <laughs> or raising millions. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Matthew 6, Jesus is doing a little bit of teaching on this subject as it relates to our heart. And you and I know no, nobody really sets out and aspires, per se, to be greedy. But here's, here's part of our problem. We live in a culture that constantly reminds us of what we don't have. All marketing is pretty much that. You don't have this. You need this. You can't afford it, but you need it. And so Jesus gives us a very practical way to guard our heart. But again, it won't be easy. Chapter 6, verse 19, he says, do not. Here's a command. So remember what Jesus says in Matthew, he says, as far as making disciples, hey, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. So this is, again, why we talk about this stuff. He says, do not command, store up for yourselves. Here it is, treasure treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He says, do not store up for yourselves these treasures. Now, understand, Jesus is not saying, please hear this, he is not saying that you aren't to have a savings account. He is not saying you should not save for your kid's college fund. He is not saying that you shouldn't save for your child's wedding. It's not saying you should be irresponsible. In fact, the book of Proverbs, which again, King Solomon talked, you know, wrote most of that kind of stuff, says that we should be like the ant who stores up for the winter. So you're going, well, hold on. Is scripture contradicting itself? Of course not. Jesus is not telling you, sell everything and live on the street for Jesus. That's not what Jesus is even alluding to. Jesus is addressing people who are storing up treasures for themselves. He's addressing a heart issue like, hey, those of you who've got a closet full of clothes that still have tags on them, but yet you still want to go buy more clothes. 
Don't store up treasures. For you say, well, how do I know it's a treasure? Because your heart's attached to it. He says, but, verse 20, store up, in other words, here's the way to do it, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. See, so when Jesus says to, to store up things in heaven, it's really a code word to give so that it counts in heaven. I want you to give generously. I want you to give sacrificially so that it actually counts for the kingdom of God. Now, go back real quick to Luke chapter 12. Drop down to verse 33. Listen to what he says. He says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses. See, there you go, ladies. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. So Jesus is saying, listen. I want you to go sell some of your stuff. I want you to go sell some of your stuff, and I want you to bless others with it. I want you to use that same creative energy that you were having to go get yourself some stuff. I want you to use that same creative energy for buying things for you, and I want you to give it away so that you honor God and bless somebody else. That's what Jesus is, is getting at. When you do that, you are storing up treasures in heaven. And then Jesus gives us this powerful principle that if we apply it, I'm just telling you, if we will, if we will apply this principle on a regular basis, it has the power to break the greed in our hearts. So go back to chapter 6 of Matthew. Go to verse 21. He says, for, which means he's giving us the reason for storing up treasures in heaven and not for ourselves. He says, for where your treasure is, in other words, right now, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And here's what this means. If you want to know where your heart is right now, if you want to know where your heart is, just Follow the money trail. Just follow it. Check out your bank account. Look at your credit card statements. Jesus is saying, the reason I want you to sell some of your stuff and give it away, the reason I want you to give generously is because wherever your money goes, your heart is following it. Not the other way around. It's not my heart's going to go here, so I'm going to fund. No, no, no. Wherever the money goes, your heart will follow. And we just know from Scripture. We just know this from Scripture. God doesn't care about your money because it's not even yours. It's all his anyway. Think about it. A hundred percent of what you got is God's, and he entrusted it to you. So when he asked you to sell a little bit of his stuff that he gave to you and just give a little bit of it away, and you get to keep the rest, and we still argue with them, who do you think that's on? It's our greed. Wait, you want me to give 10%, and I only get to keep 90 of your money? Like, who wouldn't take that deal every single time? Greedy people.
See, God's not interested in the money he gave you. He's interested in your heart, and that's why he wants you to reprioritize how you are going, where you are going to put those treasures, knowing that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's an incredibly powerful principle. And the way that we loosen or get rid of the grip of greed is not, dear God, please help me not be so greedy. I'm all, trust me, I am all for prayer. And I believe that there's massive power in prayer. But when Jesus is addressing this, this is not what Jesus didn't say, go to the Father and pray that greed will be gone. He helps us understand. Like it's not praying, God, give me more money so that I, I know I've maximized my lifestyle so I don't have any more. So will you give me more so that I can figure out a way to keep giving you slivers? Like that's not what he says is going to break the grip of greed. In other words, when you choose to get rid of your greed, here's how you do it. You choose to take some of your excuse me, resources and you send them out of your kingdom and you put them in to God's kingdom. And here's what's going to break the grip of greed and the power of greed. It's your generosity. Confession is what breaks the grip of guilt. Forgiveness is what breaks the grip of anger. Celebration is what breaks the grip of jealousy. And generosity is what breaks the grip of greed in our hearts. And then Jesus goes on and he gives the, these next few verses that provide so much insight. Look at this. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But your eyes are bad. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Aren't you going, oh, my word, there it is. It's so clear. And you're like, ah, I don't get it. Like, what in the world does this have? Like, eyes and darkness and light, what does that have to do with money? Well, you're in good company, right? Because it doesn't seem to make sense. You're wondering, what in the world does this have to do with generosity? But here's what Jesus is basically saying. He says, just as your eyes direct the body. In other words, where you are looking is often where you walk. You know this when you cut you know, your, your, your yard or you have somebody else maybe now cut your yard. I don't know. But when you're mowing your yard, you're looking down a certain way and you're taking it. If you're, paying, if you're doing this while you're mowing, guess what? Your yard's going to look like you were drunk. Right? I mean, you're just going to be all over the place. Because why? Our eyes direct our body. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, if your eyes are good, use your treasure to direct your heart. Just like your eyes direct your body, use your treasure to direct your heart. Why? Because your heart follows your treasure. Now go back to verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, and this is what's so interesting, this little Greek word right here that's translated for the English word good is the only time in the entire New Testament. Because there's, there's different Greek words for the word 
good. But this little Greek word right here is the only time in the entire New Testament that it's ever used. In fact, you have to go outside of biblical literature to really have an understanding of how this word is used. And it's often used for the word good, but it's also used for the word generous. And so Jesus has this, this essentially this word play. In other words, he's saying, if your eyes are good, if your eyes are generous, then your body will be full of light. Verse 23. But if your eyes are bad, and that Greek word for bad, we know from Matthew 20, is also the word that's often translated envious. So follow with me. Again, Jesus says, if your eyes are generous, your whole body's full of light. But if you have envious eyes, in other words, I want, I want, I want, I need, I need, I need, I have to have, I've got to do this, even if I can't have, like, if you have envious eyes, he says, your whole body will be full of darkness. You're like, what's the point? Here's what he's getting at. This whole heart issue of greed has the potential to lead you to dark places. This is not about green pieces of paper. Jesus is trying to help us understand, if you have envious eyes, it will lead you to dark places that will have massive impacts on all your relationships. But come on, you know this. You know this to be true. Why is the issue of money one of the biggest reasons for divorce in a lot of marriages? Think about it. What? Does green pieces of paper with dead presidents have anything to do with my ability to love you well? But somehow, some way, our perspective on money causes such, so many problems and issues and ripping marriages apart. How in the world does this stuff wreck our marriage? And I'm going to tell you, you have envious eyes. And when you have envious eyes, what Jesus says is your body will be full of darkness. Every facet of our life will be damaged and impacted by your perspective of money, even though, remember, it's not about money. It's about our heart. And and I'm just going to tell you, this is not about please give to the church because we've got a bunch of things that we need to accomplish. That, that, that's not what this is about. Even though we encourage and we teach sacrificial giving here. We just do. Because we believe it's an issue of obedience as a disciple of Jesus. But I can tell you, it is truly, this is truly what God's going after is about the condition of our hearts. And when you choose to make the tough decision that you're not going to wait till you make more money. You're not going to wait till you get some other things in order. You're going to choose out of the chute to not allow your envious eyes to have your life full of darkness. That you're going to choose to obey the Lord, make the difficult decision to honor him first, and then watch God do what he does. Because generosity is what breaks the grip of greed in our hearts. Now listen to this verse, Matthew 6, verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So here's your choice. You cannot serve both God and money. 
And I already know what some of the kickback is and some of the frustration. Bob, are you, are you telling me, like, I can't ever have a new car? Like, I've always got to drive a beat-up car? Is that, like, is that what you're telling me? No, that's not what I'm telling you. Are, I mean, are you telling me that, that it means I just can't buy stuff? In fact, when I leave here, we're going you know, to plan to go shopping. And, you know, and is, that, is that what you're talking about? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Are you saying that you know, if Sue wants a new outfit, yet she has plenty of outfits in her closet, are you saying she can't go get that one? I probably actually am saying. But um, <laughs> just kidding, honey, just kidding. <laughs> but here's, I'll be sleeping on the couch. So my question is... <laughs> How, in all honesty, how, how do we obey Jesus? Like, seriously, how do we do this? So I just want to give some real practical ways that we can live this out. And I know you've probably heard me talk about this a million times, but I'm going to keep bringing it up because it's been a huge, huge deal. And I just want to say this. Um, I have to deal with this stuff before I ever deliver it to you. And so these heart issues aren't just stuff that you have to deal with. Every single heart issue I've talked about, I still deal with. This is, I think, a lifelong process that me and Jesus will work through until he takes me home. So I'm not preaching at you. Like, I'm with you. We're on this journey together. And so these are things that we all have to apply together. Like, I, I don't get to be the preacher, and this is just something... You people, right, need to work on. I desperately need it as well. So here's the first thing. It's prioritized percentage giving. You prioritize. In other words, you, you, you choose out of the chute. You prioritize a percentage. And what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push on you a little bit, okay? The Old Testament taught about 10%. Talks about a tithe, which is 10%. If you really get in and study, it's really about 22%. I believe the New Testament is more about sacrificial giving. And so my my encouragement is something for you to think about is, hey, start with a baseline of 10. And then figure out what's sacrificial. The national average for giving is 2 That's outside of the church. Inside the church, just as bad. So what does that say about us? It's a a command by Jesus. So priority, percentage giving. This way, if your income goes up, guess what? The percentage is there. If your income goes down, the percentage is there. You've already prioritized it. And here's what I do. The very first thing out of my account goes to fund the kingdom of God. And so guess what? When other things come up, I'm just going to tell you, in the spring, we will be doing a capital campaign. So what does that mean? That means Sue and I have conversations about, hey, what are we going to stop doing? Because I already, we already give this to the Lord. And now we don't get to take from that and try to fund other things. No, no, no. That goes to the Lord. Now you're asking me to stop doing certain things so that I can give other resources, not to keep raising my lifestyle, but to say, how are we then going to fund these other things that God's invited us to? Like, how do we do that? Lifestyle's got to drop so that I can fund the kingdom. Because at the end of the day, none of it's going with you, by the way. 
right? You know the whole thing. There's not a hearse at a, you know, thing, right? Like, I mean, there's not a, you're not going to have all this money that's going to go with you when you die. So priority percentage giving. And here's, here's, here's something I was challenged with a number of years ago. Uh, I was doing, actually, I was doing a capital campaign at a church. Uh, we had to build more uh, facilities. And, and, and so uh, the, the guy that I was working with, uh, I was preparing the messages and all that kind of stuff to raise millions of dollars. And, and he says, Bob, I'm going to ask you a question. How long have you been tithing? I said, man, I've been tithing since I was 12 years old. Like, my parents just taught this. They ingrained this in me. Like, if I made $10, I gave a dollar. If I made a dollar, I gave 10 cents. Like, like, they just ingrained it in me as a child. That's what I've always done. He said, man, that's awesome. He said, let me ask you, as a grown adult, what are you still doing today that you were doing when you were 12? And I knew where he was going with this, and I'm like, hate you, right? And he goes, he goes, I really want to challenge you. What would it look like for you to grow up and mature in that area too? That you would progressively grow the percentage for the kingdom and continue to decrease the amount that you fund your own lifestyle. And so that's what we've tried to do. Because here's what I know. I know when you have four kids and you have all these things and college and weddings and, you know, and medical things and just all kinds of stuff, I, I get pounded and pounded and pounded left and right. And it's one of those areas going, God, I refuse to take away from you because it's all yours and I'll figure out a way to do less for me so that I obey you. And if this scares you like it did me, guess what it means? <laughs> it's reality. We struggle with this kind of greed. And if your struggle is, well, you know, the preacher just wants my money and all that kind of stuff, I just want to encourage I, I, I've said this for years. Here's what I want you to do. I mean this sincerely. If you don't trust me or you don't trust this church, please give to a different church. And then follow your money. Because if you still then struggle with it, it's because it's really about you, not about us. It really exposes the greed in our hearts. So then I'm going to say, I'm going to triple dog dare you. Find a percentage. Prioritize it. Make it a priority. And then progressively bump up that because if you want to guard your heart against greed, if you want to guard your heart against greed, then you will do these things because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want to pray. And I want to ask you some reflective questions. We'll have some people down front afterwards that you can pray with if you want to talk to somebody. But as your eyes are closed, I just want you to reflect. Here's my question. As it pertains to this topic we talked about, how's your heart? Are you still ticked? Are you frustrated? you feel like it's not something we should be talking about at church? How's your heart? Do you struggle with not having certain things? Do you feel entitled to having, you've worked so hard, you deserve, like what are the things that you feel that you should have? Do you struggle with wanting more? 
do you struggle to at least give 10% to God first? And then also blessing others. What is Jesus asking of you? Lord, as we worship you, it's so much easier to sing those songs and raise our hands and to glorify and to praise you. But we also know that giving as well as serving is an act of worship. And so who does our giving worship? You or our lifestyles? God, would you please guide us? Because this is sensitive. There's all kinds of stories. There's all kinds of struggles and challenges. But the reality is, you still call us to this principle. So, Lord, would you help us take next steps? Would you give us the courage and the strength and the put people in our lives that we would open up and be accountable to? Not to appease anybody else, but to honor you and to have the freedom from greed in our hearts. God, we love you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.